Global Edge Business Beat, brought to you on the Michigan Business Network. I'm your host, Jade Sims, Assistant Director in the International Business Center in the Eli Broad College of Business at Michigan State University. Today, we're speaking with Doug Berry. Doug has been with us in the past, and we welcome you back to speaking with us today. Thank you, Jade. So Doug is a real renaissance man. He's got one of the most interesting histories of anyone we've interviewed. Doug's been a professor and lived in Alaska and um, is retired from the U.S. Department of Commerce and is now working with the U.S.-China Business Council. So could you tell us, Doug, a little bit about the U.S.-China Business Council, what it is and what its goals are? Sure, Jade. Uh, well, we're a business association and dedicated to helping our members build successful businesses in China. We've been doing this work for about 27 years now, which is longer than the formal relationship between the U.S. and China after communists uh, took over uh, following a civil war there. Uh, and we have about 230 members. Many of them are well-known global brands. Um, we also welcome smaller companies. And uh, if you need help, uh, those of you listening in Michigan, in establishing a business in China or increasing sales there, we'd be glad to help you. Fantastic. And we will put your contact information um, on the website so that people can easily access that um, when they access this interview. So how does your organization and your membership see the future of this U.S.-China business relationship going, given the situations we're in right now? Oh, dear, Jade. You know, right now is a very challenging time uh, in U.S.-China relations, and it's defined by numerous conflicts over human rights, IP theft and forced transfer, supply chain vulnerability, trade deficits, investment restrictions, and a whole host of other things. So public opinion has turned darker towards China uh, in the recent past, and there's now bipartisan distrust in Congress, and the likelihood that the China bashing uh, will be an election year issue between now and November. So if you crave affection, as I do, for your positions, being a pragmatic voice is not a comfortable place to be right now. No, absolutely not. Um, and I've just read an article talking about in, um, interviews and studies they've done on the other side of the ocean and that the Chinese view among the general population is kind of similar to what we have of them. They kind of also are a little skeptical of us and, and have um, a darker view of us than they have in the past. Yes, and, and I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, certainly uh, is to show that the economies are still very interconnected. Uh, that would be one way, and to show the mutual advantages of having a, a more uh, trustful relationship. But at the same time, we have to be very clear with the Chinese about what we want and expect, and they have to be the same with us. And right now, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of discussion at the various levels of government that there needs to be in order to get to that point. It's mainly finger-pointing and yelling back and forth. Yeah, well, hopefully we can both work to improve that dialogue and improve that understanding. So you have recently published your 
annual state export report and talking about that economic relationship and that economic dependence. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about the report, um, its history, how long you guys have been doing it, and why it's so important? Sure. Well, th this is, of course, the one bright spot in the relationship. And maybe the way forward, especially for organizations such as ours and for reasonable people all over the country who believe uh, that uh, a conflict between China and the United States is in no one's best interest. So we have to look at these areas where we can identify common interest and try to build on them. And certainly at the state level, uh, many states, including Michigan, enjoy a very uh, positive relationship economically uh, with China. And we've done this study now for the last 10 years or more, and it basically looks at published uh, data from the Department of Commerce, which tracks uh, all of our goods and services exports uh, as a nation and as individual states. So the good news for Michigan is that while exports of especially automotive and uh, car, you know, vehicles and vehicle parts uh, in 2009 was down about $200 million over uh, 2018, it's still uh, $3.4 billion, which, you know, is extremely good. And if you look at services, uh, they are at about $1.2 billion. That's in 2008. The uh, services exports lagged by a year over the goods exports. So, uh, and that, that is mainly in uh, college tuition paid by uh, Chinese students and also uh, tourists who are coming. Sometimes they're the same. Parents come to visit their kids at school and they pay money in the local economy. So uh, if you look at those two things, um, the 1.2 billion in uh, tuition and 700 million in travel, that's, that's a lot of money. Uh, and, and Michigan State uh, University, your uh, employer, uh, certainly yeah. knows more than anyone else the value of international students, and in particular those from China who tend to pay 100% of tuition. So those are good things. And the total number of jobs in Michigan that are dependent on trade with China, exports of goods and services, is almost 30,000. 30,000 jobs are supported by this economic activity. And boy, do we need those jobs now. And we're going to need them in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you've done a great job highlighting, you know, for Michigan, two of our main components, the main industries that we have such tight ties with China on, the automotive and the education. Um, and I really like reading through this report, and I was happy to see that you break out the service exports as well, because that's a number that is not always as accessible and really important um, for us and you know for the economy across the United States. Service exports have tended to move up even as some of our manufactured exports go down. So that's a really important sector. And those, those students, their parents, those tourists really do add a lot to the economy of the state of Michigan. Yes, and I, you know, I think you have uh, some very reasonable people uh, representing you in Washington, D.C., but they certainly need to hear 
from from more people in Michigan about the importance of the economic relationship because they're being hit from all sides with all kinds of issues, uh, not the least of which right now, uh, the most of which is uh, the response to COVID-19. But I think it's it's also important, uh, especially in the sort of uh, microclimate of Washington, D.C., which is you know, turning quite antagonistic towards China, that they hear from people uh, that it's not all bad, it's not all negative, and see if uh, we can build on the trade relationship and find some common ground in other areas where we do not agree. Absolutely. So we as individuals, as business owners, it's really important to be participants in this experiment in democracy that we're running and get our get our stories out there. So it's totally true. Totally true. You're welcome. And, you know, I hate to keep us throwing numbers around, but this is sort of an important, a very important one. And that is uh, about two million jobs uh, in the United States depend on our trade with China. And that that's a tremendous amount of jobs. And given the unemployment rate now because of the shutdown of the economy due to COVID-19, uh, those jobs are more important than ever. They will continue to be important. Uh, the China has agreed to buy uh, $200 billion worth of uh, U.S. goods over the next couple of years. Some of those will come from Michigan, and that is $200 billion above what they uh, bought in 2017. So th this is a huge uh, amount of money to come into our economy. And uh, we need to realize that uh, the Chinese are, you know, living up to the commitments that they have made during the negotiations in January. And they are going to buy those goods over the next couple of years. And then, you know, there's a second phase of this agreement, which will take on some of the more difficult, thorny uh, problems that we have in the relationship. And we, we need to focus uh, on getting that agreement done as well. And then we could see, especially, you know, depending on how the elections go uh, in November, and also depending on, you know, the pressure that President Xi of China is also feeling, because a lot of businesses in China are, of course, dependent on the relationship with the United States, and they don't want to see things go down the tubes. Well, hopefully we can um, continue this conversation again in the near future. Things are moving so quickly. I'm sure we'll still have a lot to discuss. So thank you for joining us today, Doug. You're welcome, Jade. Thank you. And just quickly, your website for um, people to get a hold of the U.S.-China Business Council? Yes, it's uh, www.uschina.org. Well, thank you for joining us, and we will definitely be in touch. This Thanks, has Jade. been the Global Edge Business Beat, brought to you on the Michigan Business Network. I'm your host, Jade Sims, and I hope you are able to tune in again next time.